0: Welcome back to Flippin' and Mashin'. You have your host, Parnell, and Ryan!
1: Absolutely. I'm still here. Take rid of me.
0: Sorry, Ryan. It's Le-Ryan. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Le-Ryan. (laughs) Le-Ryan. That reminds me that there's, like, some person up in Duluth that drives around in Le Car. It's just, like, you know, piece of shit, 70s, whatever, little gremlin-looking thing. And it says Le Car on the side, you know? I just crack up every time I see it.
1: I wonder if it's a Le Baron.
0: No, it's like, that's what the car's name is. Le Car.
1: Oh. It's a Renault. Oh, okay.
0: Oh my God, I'm going to send you a picture.
1: I'm a pretty big car guy, but you've apparently thrown a car at me that I don't know about. Yeah. I (laughs) that. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel
0: so bad for not knowing about that car, or excuse me, the la car. <laughs> I didn't know about it either until I saw it driving by and I was like, what the shit is that? And I see them all the time now. There's, I think the lady and her husband each have one because there's like one or two of them around town. And uh, they're very unique. You, Yeah, you definitely yeah, I'm know. Sure that
1: thing has amazing crash safety ratings too.
0: I don't know if that matters when the gas mileage is probably like 60 miles a gallon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you can get that with like a diesel.
0: But it's a Le Sports Car. No, that's a Le Death Trap. And the Le Car van just puts the spare tire on the rear trunk lid. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway. All right. This is our first episode of 2021, technically. Kind of excited to kick this year off with Ryan and just talking tons of pinball. We kind of have a new idea. Uh, that we're going to try out, and I think it's going to work. We, we talk every day, so I think every week we're going to try to record about a 30-minute episode, and we'll kind of focus on one thing, and we'll go hard on it. Ryan agreed to my idea. and uh, yep. at least for now.
1: We <laughs> get a bunch of feedback from all of the five people that listen to the podcast. Uh,
0: so you it's know, my mom. might
1: change it, yep.
0: Your mom potentially...
1: Uh, no, the, I think the only people that know about it is obviously Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea. Um, and then she told two of our friends, like, groups. Uh, so okay, so companies. then... So a total of five people, who And then maybe Steve,
0: maybe Steve maybe will listen to it because he's sad he's not on it. Sucker. <laughs> go, go make your $5 on Twitch, Steve.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so... I, I definitely am kind of digging the new format, and maybe as things get better, we might start dropping two eventually a week if we're doing 30-minute segments. Or
0: Oh, you are mind-blowing me right now.
1: to stay with that. So we'll see how things go. Uh, me and Parnell are very new to podcasting in general. At least I am. And Par- Parnell is doing a lot of the editing right now, uh, but... I'm thinking maybe if, uh, you know, things continue to move forward, uh, maybe we'll even do more than one a week eventually.
0: One day. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I was always I really scared of the editing. I mean, usually I'll like if I do something, I'll go hard and try to learn as much as I can. And uh, I used GarageBand the other day for the first podcast we did. And I found a way to because um, Discord cuts each of our audio tracks into their own. And so I found a way to be able to select both and then cut so it correctly took out your time plus my time on the tracks. So it wasn't all that bad. It just took a long time to edit that long podcast. So if we keep them to 30 minutes, it's a little less time for me to edit. And also it keeps us on topic. This this episode obviously is going to be a little different, but yeah, uh, it's just going to
1: be a little longer. We won't start the timer until we start chatting. the topic. Yeah, yeah.
0: We have a bunch of good ideas we've talked about, and I think that they'll be helpful because you have Ryan, who definitely is into more code and gameplay. He's gone to some tournaments. I've only gone to a handful of, I guess, tournaments like at SS Billiards. Otherwise, it's like um, release uh, launch parties. And I'm a very casual player, and I don't know rules. So it'll be a good mix of... Parn, parn being stupid and Ryan knowing what's going on. Um, so I think it's going to be a good mix to a lot of people that are interested in what we talk about. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. All right. So for this first one, we are going to discuss, is the new in-box pinball experience worth it? Obviously, this is new in-boxes, so whatever game is available to you at the time, but is a new Inbox worth the added price, instead of going to a maybe three month old one or just I don't know, even a an even older game. I guess you know random warehouse finds they'll find like a medieval madness new inbox. Yeah, that, and,
1: those those don't count. Like okay, so Jurassic Park, Data <laughs> East, that you know twenty five years sat in the box. <laughs> that that doesn't count. We aren't talking about those, everybody, because those aren't worth it. I promise.
0: Yeah, you have purchased some new inbox games. I have purchased some. Let's do the quick rundown of like what you have bought new in box and uh you've also bought used games. So we 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 both have purchased used games and new games and uh we'll be able to share our stories and maybe our ideas on if it maybe is worth it.
1: Yeah. So the first new in box game I bought uh was Black Knight Sword of Rage limited edition. I drove all the way out to Chicago with Chelsea. And a day trip, we spent the night at a hotel, picked up the machine the next morning after it had been on box, and we drove all the way back. And then that evening at about 9.30 at night when we got home, we brought it inside, and you bet your ass I was up playing it that, ni- that night all night. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so that first new unboxing experience, you picked up. Mm-hmm. So you... Uh, you did a road trip, picked it up. I'm only saying this because some new inbox experiences uh, have delivery. So, you have created a experience with your girlfriend at the time. Now was fiance. that oh, fiance? Okay, I, I guess I don't know when you got engaged. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's all right. I just you know <laughs> was that an enjoyable road trip?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like probably just the
0: excitement kind of thing.
1: All, all of it. All of it. Right. Uh, Quick and Dirty, Um, I had... So, like, this happened in the course of, like, three days. I mean, we knew we wanted a Black Knight, but I started talking to a distributor, who will remain nameless, out in an area, and they said that they had one, and I was short a little bit of money. So I scrambled to get a few things, like, kind of scrounged up to be able to have the play money to go do this. And, like, last minute, I think the literally 24 hours before we ended up leaving on the trip I looked over at Chelsea and I'm like hey we're going to Chicago so just want to let you know we're leaving tomorrow at like 11 and so that evening I mad scrambled to try to find a hotel and I did a whole bunch of research and let me tell you man the hotel that we that I found that had good reviews, quotation marks. <laughs> had like 25 cameras out in just the parking lot area. And I think we passed within a quarter mile, or maybe a mile, excuse me, of the uh, quote unquote hotel. Uh, there was like seven we cash checks kind of places. And a lot of like bars over windows. So needless to say, Chelsea and I didn't, you know, Chelsea was very not comfortable with it. Um, so we ended up having to drive like 30 minutes outside of it. And we just stayed at a Marriott cause it, by that point it was like eight 30, nine o'clock at night, you know, it was starting to get dark and we were just like, whatever. So we went and we stayed at a Marriott and, uh, yeah, no, that whole trip. I mean, we, we talked about it still. I mean, it's something that we... Uh, we want to do again. So I highly do recommend if you're purchasing a pin and you can road trip with your significant other and and they like pinball, uh, that can be a huge, like, fun little adventure. Just do a little bit more research than I apparently did and maybe spend a little bit more money uh, (laughs) on the hotel room to make sure your spouse is happy.
0: Dang. I guess... Uh, before family and my wife, I used to road trip. Like Lord of the Rings was a pickup in Chicago. Um, Sword of Fury was a pickup at, at Chris's house, which is almost to Chicago. I super enjoyed road trips. However, like Lord of the Rings was by myself. The more enjoyable ones are with somebody. Like the road trips to MGC with my buddy Eric was where I was really fun. And like he'd bring his whole family. So it was just, I, mean, I felt like Christmas vacation that you're all packed in the car, just acting crazy it is it is an experience to do a road trip Uh, obviously having a game delivered to your house is very convenient (laughs) so it kind of depends on the on what is included in the price and and all that too yeah
1: i mean for me I, i you know i guess it it depends so uh not to get too mucked down into the waters right um the next new inbox game i purchased or well rather traded for was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pro. Um and then the last new in box game that I can mention at this time is obviously uh the Alien Pinball Machine LE whenever it gets announced I 100% like I'm purchasing that. So
0: I've yeah, already bought be- two.
1: I will have a third. <laughs> uh, so those those are the three machines I've have slash will buy new box this year
0: and your turtles you picked up again
1: i did yeah and uh, then and you're- so turtles i picked up it was only about we have a new distributor in minnesota uh the pinball place down in new Ulm, so from where i live to there it's uh exactly two hours and like eight minutes driving at the speeds that i drive which are Just a mile or two over the speed limit, I promise everyone. (laughs) Um, And so we just drove down there and did, like, a day trip because this was in May or June of this year when, like, nobody had games, period, in stock. And they had one in stock, in the box, and I was like, all right, let's do it.
0: And what about... So Alien will most likely be delivered somewhere in Minnesota, and then you'll pick up.
1: Yeah, I think... uh, Uh, it's not going to be shipped to my door and i'm fine with that
0: well great so you um i have a very different experience i had uh, metallica pro was my first new in box game i remember buying it or, or like mailing the check from mgc and uh getting it delivered and then my how'd that work i think i got medieval madness that was also delivered and then ghostbusters um was delivered to a place down in in the Twin Cities and I drove down in my Wrangler and picked it up, left it in the box, it fit barely with the back door closed, and hauled that baby back up. I forgot about that. The delivery is nice. You definitely like um some distributors will allow you to go to a location to pick up. Some will bring it to your house and I did not do the whole white glove thing. There's a white glove service where they will bring it into your house, set it up, and they are done. And they most likely will not want to go up or down stairs. It's pretty much you're paying for the first floor walk-in. You might get five stairs, like the front stoop, nothing more inside your house. They bring the game, pretty much drop it in your driveway. You Before you sign the bill of lading or whatever, the document you need to look your game over, if there's a forklift hole through it, You'll want to decline the delivery um, so that the seller can swap you a game and ship a different one that's not broken. Talica had a hole in the box. I And even the, the delivery driver said, hey, let's open this up and make sure that your game is fine. I've opened it up, or we opened it up. Everything was good, so I kept it, signed the papers, and then uh, the hardest part was leaving it in the garage until my wife got home, and we hauled her into the basement um, we can talk about, like, opening of the game up. I mean, when you bought Black Knight, I forgot how you did Turtles, but Black Knight, you had a car that didn't allow you to bring the game home and fold it up, right? Like, you just to take the head off?
1: Yeah. So, learn, do as I say, not as I do, uh, listeners that <laughs> <laughs> do this. This, this is the craziest um, shit. Like,
0: <laughs> he buys an L.E. game and then removes the head. Most people don't do this.
1: I'll I'll tell you right now. The distributor I think nearly shit his pants when uh, we showed up, and so all right, quicker backstory. Um, I went and picked up a Judge Dread, with the only car at the time that a pinball could fit into physically, and um, that day it was raining. So I had to make a rash decision, and Parnell's seen pictures of it, but I have a station wagon, well, Chelsea does, um, <laughs> station wagon, um, and with the pinball loaded, it'll hang out the back, probably a quarter hangs outside of or over, off, like, the bumper area. Uh, the pinball is very much still, all the weight's still on the front of the uh, inside of the car so the pin doesn't want to like tilt back or something and I'll like ratchet strap it all around and that's good. That's what we were going to do with Black Knight. Again, and a, a you know $9,000 game. And I'll preface again, do as I say, not as I do. Um, so we went out there expecting to do the same, but it was supposed to rain on our way back then as well. Um, earlier, uh, I guess I jumped forward there when I went out to go pick up a Judge Dread, it was raining. I took the head off, thinking that it would fit that way. And it did. Closed the back, you know, the rear hatch. We were great. So again, when we went out to go get Black Knight, uh, same thing. It was going to rain. So I looked at the distributor and said, hey, uh, we're going to have to take the head off this game, you know, as we're getting ready to unbox it. He was extremely concerned initially uh, but you know <laughs> and then he kind of was frustrated because he's like well why the hell didn't you just let me ship this to you and I was like because I didn't want to wait so here we are uh, you know this is my first new unboxed game it was a big moment right so yeah unboxing a pin uh, I've unboxed two cracking that that box open and just inhaling it the first time I didn't know this the distributor is actually nice enough to be like alright do you want to know what nine thousand dollars smells like? And I was like, uh, "Sure." And he opened it up, and he like he's like stick your head in there and just like smell. And I was like, "Okay." And there's definitely a new pinball smell that I if they made it into a a soap or like a candle, man, that's 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 a million dollar idea right there. Because I buy out their stock every time they had some.
0: I guess I don't
1: Uh-oh. remember that smell, listeners. Parnell's been doing it wrong. Don't let him lead you down the the fake Primrose path here. Let me make sure that you stay on the correct course. If you buy a new game, you open that box up, and that's the first thing you do before you take the box out is you just take the biggest inhale you can because new pinball smell is amazing.
0: The only pinball smell I can remember is my first game was Waterworld, and I bought it from a bowling alley. And when you would lift the playfield, you would smell... That bowling like the bowling alley game would would just and at first I thought it was disgusting and now I miss it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh other thing, quick thing. So uh turtles we also had to break down because u haul screwed me over. Uh listeners, you will be happy to know that that no longer is what, what happens here at uh my household. I installed a tow hitch on my car. Uh that can tow things. Uh so I can rent U-Hauls to move pinballs around now the way that they should be in the back of an enclosed U-Haul trailer for uh what was it sixteen ninety nine? So Alien will be the first new unboxed pin that will make it all the way back to my house in the box and I will open the box in the basement.
0: So that will be really cool. Poof. It's gonna fit down your stairs and stuff in box.
1: Well, don't you remember? I have like five foot wide stairs going from. Oh, I, we'll well, thin your door you bring please. up a good point. Listeners, I take it back. It's probably not going to make it through my, my garage door. But maybe all, depending upon when it comes, I might take it around the house to the sliding doors downstairs.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Okay. So one benefit is the smell. In theory, you're the first, like a, like a new car, you're the first owner to touch the game you get to cut that strap that wraps the head down and you know put the legs on and all that stuff
1: you're not the first to play it though which is no. the most disheartening and that's something we should bring up uh, correct any they reputable are... game manufacturer will play test the game i don't know how many games but they will absolutely play test that game before they wrap it up they're supposed
0: to i have found a coinmex screw in the Bottom of the box for every fucking new in-box game I've bought. <laughs> um, have you found weird crap in your boxes? No, just the goodie bags still stapled to the inside of the game. It's okay. <laughs> oh, so there's another good thing. Okay, you get your game. One, you have to deal with the... Exce- well, you have a lot of cardboard to deal with, plus a pallet. So you have to get rid of that. Makes a good bonfire... Or like for me, I've sold a few games and had to ship them. So I just kind of keep the pallets around for a little while and anybody local can pick it up for free or I'll ship a game or I'll burn it. The cardboard I cut into at the corners, at the edges, and I've used those pieces of cardboard for my car working on cardboard where you lay the cardboard down and lay on the cardboard underneath your car to fix things. That cardboard does make good uses of that because it's so big and long there's my tip of the day right there
1: you also can save that cardboard and reuse it when you ship games too
0: oh i didn't think of that i, I don't have ever really used well maybe a yeah good point mm-hmm. uh some people think that they need to save the boxes and stuff and i would i I'll i wouldn't first, keep the yeah. box a box
1: yeah i'll be the I first would. to tell you if i go to somebody's house and i'm buying like a homies only game and they're like hey i have the box still i'm gonna be like cool you're keeping it and uh i'm
0: not paying more for it <laughs> <laughs> so you get the game in it's strapped you cut the straps you no. open the game up no you put the legs on first don't okay you get the legs on Yeah. okay <clears throat> you cut the straps the next best thing about buying a new box game is you get the goodie bake stapled to the side of the cabinet that has in theory the manual some extra decals some extra plastics usually the slings and the in sometimes and then like Maybe a plastic or two for a key, key a key ring thing, and maybe some stickers. I, that is another. I, go ahead.
1: I can't comment. I've never actually opened my goodie bags. I'm one of those people.
0: I, I don't. I have not either. Maybe Metallica I did to get the manual out, but otherwise, I think I even might have bought a second manual to leave the goodie bag stapled shut. <laughs> oh, God. That is the other. I guess with, with home use purchases, that goodie bag is like a sign of it not being routed or whatnot. I mean, even some routed, like the routed games that I work with at the bar up here, the Munsters and Jurassic, those both have the goodie bags still there. So like I, in theory, could take that game home. And as long as it looked good, you could say it's home use only if you were an asshole. But yeah, I mean, I some people, some collectors or some people buying think the goodie bag is a a sign of something. Once the game's set up, that first play, I guess, is the is special to some people.
1: Yeah. Well and another point I'll bring up as far as not a pro or a con necessarily. I guess this is more of a con, is uh when I bought my Black Knight, I was one of those people that thought when I bought a new pinball machine, man, there isn't a thing I'm gonna have to do on this machine. It's gonna be take <laughs> it out of the box, set it up. You know, Stern's already play tested it. It's good to go, right? Um, uh, totally. 40 it plays in, uh, I need a flipper rebuild kit from my distributor because uh, the flipper assembly was not assembled correctly, and my f- uh, right flipper is sticking up uh, mechanically binding due to the plate on the bottom for the flipper assembly Mm. not being aligned correctly
0: i would agree with you that that is a misconception and maybe it's more new people in the hobby new games have less problems but pinball will always have problems
1: yeah don't don't think just because uh (laughs) just because you're buying a new game doesn't mean you aren't gonna have to Pop the play field up and troubleshoot it, you know. You shouldn't have to troubleshoot it to the same extent as a 90s Williams games. you know, a 90s or 80s or 70s game you just brought home. But you could be surprised. I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, I know another Black Knight premium owner, around the time I bought mine, Stern had forgotten to screw down three of the rollover little plastics up top. So they had to take mm. the whole play field out and, you know, tighten those down. So, I mean, there's definitely a possibility that you're going to have to work on your brand new machine if they happen to miss something because it's not done by robots. It's done by a group of skilled individuals that are out there putting these things together
0: by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, le- that issue leads to another maybe new inbox pro is you have to buy from a distributor, And if you buy from a very local distributor, you also get a warranty um, through Stern. And then a local distributor that likes you, they will help support you, meaning during the warranty period or even their warranty period, like some distributors will offer a extended warranty period. They will either ship you parts that you need to fix if you're comfortable fixing your own game, or they will come out and service your game under their warranty. Um, that is very helpful for certain people. I think you or I now that we have the knowledge would just accept a warranty part and we would install it ourselves. but that is also a benefit to buying new is you do have a warranty of some sort
1: yeah, absolutely and i um have definitely
0: had to do that now, so <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you wanna um give a little insight to that to that issue or? Should we skip that?
1: Which issue? God, there's been so many. Are you talking about the Black Knight one specifically?
0: No, I forgot about your Black Knight one. I'm talking about Turtles.
1: Oh, yeah. Does that just mean? Is that mean? I'm deflating (laughs) a little bit. I don't know if if everyone can hear that, but
0: uh, I I think it'll get it'll get figured out. It's just
1: I don't know the COVID stuff. I don't know. Stern's dead to me. Thank you. I'm glad I can go ahead and announce (laughs) that now. Uh, So I bought my turtles, and mine was one of the ones affected by... I don't know if it was the person that was inspecting the playfields that day. I don't know if their, like, wife was leaving them or something, but their focus was not on doing the QC of the playfields, because I have really bad pixelated lines. I've had friends that work in the printing industry, and they've said that it comes from, like, clogged jets. In the printers. So my play field one of the ones that are affected. I got in touch with my distributor. And it's been six months. And I haven't heard anything yet. Other than I should be getting one eventually. Maybe.
0: Yeah. At least it's not a mechanical issue. So you can still play your game. And I'm wondering if. And we don't need to talk much about this. Because it's not about new Box. But I'm assuming Stern is trying to figure out do pros get a lower resolution print and the LEs or something get a higher resolution print? Because it feels like that might be a path they are leaning toward.
1: Well, I'm going to lean toward uh, driving out on a road trip to Chicago and going and lighting the place on fire. If I don't get a play field in the next six months from them. But I have heard similar rumors that it they do and, or are considering moving forward uh, the LEs having the nicest art and the pros having the worst and the premiums, supposedly being in the middle.
0: I could see Stern doing that. Ugh. We will save that discussion for another day. It's awful. Um, <laughs> so new in boxes, get a warranty. Hopefully you're only dealing with mechanical issues. I have not. Oh, my medieval was missing a power cord. Luckily, I'm an IT dork. So I had handful of random ones. I probably snagged one for my Samsung TV. They ended up shipping me a new power cord. So, I do have the power cord. That stuff happens. I lucked out and I had one, but it was a standard. Did you and Chelsea co-play play you know two-player game, all your new games? Um,
1: no, I think we each just did... I mean, we each did, but it was like one-player, two-player. The other thing, I guess, is Every game we have purchased for the most part, we've tried to play. Now, Turtles was an exception. We had not played that due to COVID uh, before we bought it. So that was kind of blind, but I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So for me, I was like, I really don't care if Chelsea doesn't love it. Uh, she, spoiler alert, she doesn't love it. She just likes it. Because <laughs> uh, that is an ass kicker of a game. Um, but like aliens or alien is another one that we may get lucky and be able to play it before we buy one. But that's another one where we might not get to before we buy it. But
0: yeah, that'll depend. Oh, go ahead. That'll depend on, um, when the the standard editions show up in the U S who gets one in Minnesota. And if it's a person, if they're comfortable with guests, And if it's a location, are we open yet?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for Black Knight, uh, we went down to Tilt, which is a local arcade place for people that don't know what that is, Uh, because they had a Black Knight, L.E., and I was like, I want to go down there and play Black Knight because Black Knight's awesome. And uh, we ended up playing it, and we loved it so much that I think in four days' time, five days' time, we're like, all right, we're getting one. Really wow, on.
0: That's a quick decision So are there any cons To buying a new in-box game Versus a used one
1: uh, As a Black Knight limited edition owner I can confirm that the biggest con is Possible depreciation of your purchase
0: <laughs> There's a lot of collectors who For some reason I mean this is a hobby We are purchasing toys They entertain us Most I would say, not most, pretty much every single hobby on the planet depreciates. I'm into cars, you're into cars. Uh, all that crap depreciates. What, what, what they ask and what they mm-hmm. sell it for are two different things. But wasn't that like a there's a premium for
1: eight with the topper that we saw, and that wasn't moving. So I guess we can kind of use that as a guideline. So let's just say it's a $7,000 game. That means that I personally lost about $2,000 between purchasing that game and if I wanted to sell it tomorrow.
0: And and so you'll see a lot of games come up for sale and they want either what they're asking or more. And it may work if it's a very specific title, right? Like Rick and Morty recently we've seen command a higher price than paid. But something like Black Knight or Stranger Things they didn't command a upward price. They've depreciated a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, um,
1: the same goes with uh, Deadpool, Iron Maiden. Um, I'm sure Led Zeppelin, uh, Avengers, Turtles. I mean, you know, the, the only games that have really held their pricing as far as what they were new that I can think of, like the latest Stern game to hold its pricing 100% on the used market, And has some like historical data to back it up. And it's not just because we're in COVID right now. And apparently everyone and their brother wants to buy a pinball machine. (laughs) Is Ghostbusters.
0: I was just going to bring that up. I bought Ghostbusters. And I only played the Pro and I bought a premium. People hated it out of the gate for whatever reason. I, I completely liked it. I love it. It dropped in price big time. Like the stock market. It tanked. You could have got one cheap, and then when the new code released, that thing value, uh, that game's value shot up hard. And it is now easily back to what I paid.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, the flip side is I guess, and, and, and this is something for everyone to know, like um, Parnell talked about depreciation, I have too. Pinballs do not depreciate like cars. I mean, for crying out loud, even Rob Zombie owners that our first owners bought brand new from Spooky with all the bells and whistles. I think they spent like 6300 with shipping for the game. And they're still worth, I'm going to be nice and say around $4,000. So even that game, like one of the most hated games ever, only dropped about, you know, $2,500. So... And Black Knight seems to be appreciating a little bit. Uh, I think the
0: topper helped. And then there was a little code update. And I think just people are finally understanding the code. We were potentially going to record about Black Knight tonight and the code. So, like, I think that helped it. But, yeah, I mean, every game is a gamble, right? You know, Ghostbusters didn't get a code update for over a year. And people had sold off their games i had a bunch of friends who bought them it didn't last in those guys' collections for more than three months and they were off to the next game i might have been one of the only ones that kept them or kept it and i still like it and you got a, a pro now you don't really want to get rid of it either it's oh god no but yeah it's, it's it's a huge gamble it's just like a stock market just like you know there's car collectors that buy these cars they think they're going to be great but then they turn out to be stinkers or they turn out to be super rare and it's kind of like this weird like the market Maybe decides what it's going to happen. Like Stranger Things was a dud. Like Metallica, also a dud when it came out. Something changes, a lot of code updates. As long as the game shoots good, code can be changed. Stranger Things has some really good code, I hear. And so I think it's slowly gaining popularity. It'll be interesting to see the future on some of these other titles from other manufacturers. Depreciation should be expected. You know, I'm not in this hobby to make money or think of my games as a asset of sort. Like, I don't buy a pinball machine thinking that it's going to generate me money. I buy it to have fun. I understand in my head when I go to sell this, it'll probably worth less if I bought it new in box. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, Use games I try to get a deal on so that I can sell it for what I'm into it. But there's been games that I've sold and either lost a little bit or sold it for what I had into it.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, you don't sell anything in your basement or trade it away now, or you could have some success stories, but
0: you know. Yeah, I'm done. I'm stuck.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Parnell, I guess that leads us to the next part of the topic here. Uh, would you buy a New Inbox game today?
0: <clears throat> That's a good question.
1: Um, and why would you
0: buy a New Inbox today? All right. So there is um, I bought Medieval Madness and that was my most expensive new in box. That was, quote unquote, my grail game. And it's probably the number one rated game for a, a mass majority of the community. And it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. But at the time, used ones were selling for that value or higher. So it it made sense. However, I only had one or two games when I bought it. I didn't have a huge collection and it was supposed to be one of those things where I bought it and then didn't buy another game for a long time. (laughs) That did not last long at all. I have a hard time justifying the amount of money new games are commanding. And then the game took a lot longer to come out than they thought. More people were selling spots. In the end, the fear of missing out, people either sold spots or they were waiting. I remember when my legal battle started and they were shipping them They had LEs sitting on the shipping dock ready to go, and they weren't purchased. Part of me says you'll always be able to get a game. Some people like to purchase new games before playing them. Like if you had bought Stranger Things before playing it, and you got the game and were very disappointed, you will lose a nice chunk of money when you go to sell it because you didn't like it. Or maybe you wait for the code update. Uh, Three months later, people will sell their game to buy another game. Part of me says... You'll always be able to find a game in Medieval's realm. They are, for some reason, selling for what they sold for, and you're paying new prices or you're paying more, especially for the royal. But oh my god, don't you'll always be able to buy it. Game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll always be able to find one for sale. Always. I mean, TNA had 550 made. They're for sale. Not a ton. Don't get me wrong. Occasionally. That's not like just, there's not 20 of them for sale in the um, U.S. I could go find one right now. I think there's one for sale. So there's this giant fear of missing out. And I think it's a balance with with two little kids. I don't have this like liquid cash flow anymore. Like where I was, you know, pocketing money for retirement and saving for uh, my wife wants me to go into hockey. So I'm assuming hockey's going to cost about $100,000. So I'm saving up for that. <laughs> um, if I was going to buy a new in-box game today... Like, if Princess Bride came out or some theme that just blew my mind, I would probably have to sell a game to buy a new in game. Part of me would probably wait for that person who bought it new, played it one or two to three months, and wanted to sell it, and that could save, I don't know. No- nowadays, it's maybe 500 bucks off MSRP. $500 to $1,000 off is what I'd probably try to go for. The new in ex- experience isn't worth 500 to a thousand dollars in my opinion but i also didn't smell the inside of my box like ryan did mm-hmm.
1: well and uh quickly there's one tna for sale on pin side and it's 6400 dollars. so you're you're right but it's also selling for msrp so you're wrong
0: <laughs> well guess what <laughs> tna v2 is coming out and i'm betting it's going to be 65 or 6,900, and I'll just drop a bomb on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for for me, I think it depends. Um, Parnell, one of his comments was like, you know, the fear of missing out. There are games where all the Ellie's sell out and you can get them. Alternatively, there are other games where, um, especially if they're limited games, like Rick and Morty, yeah, you can buy yeah. a spot right now today, but you're going <laughs> to pay $2500 above what the deposit is for that spot you're purchasing to get that. And is that really worth it then? So like that is then missing out, I think, because, you know, you've missed your $1500 deposit instead you're paying $3500 or $4000 for a $1500 deposit. So yeah, I think it depends. Uh, there's a lot of variables. Limited games, limited run games, or limited, uh, limited numbered games, there's definitely a higher probability. Um, I mean, Black Knight LE and maybe Star Wars LE and possibly Stranger Things LEs are the only LEs that I can think of that weren't sold out like at launch. Like, before they even shipped pros. Um, You know, Avengers, Led Zeppelin, Deadpool, Iron Maiden, um, Jurassic Park. I mean, those games all, like, before the pros even shipped, those were all sold out. Will the games come up for sale? Yes. And then at that point, it's a gamble again. Like, is the market going to be favorable towards you as the buyer or towards them as the seller? You know, an example would be like uh, Alien, for example. You know, I'm very interested to see what is going to end up happening. But if you look right now, I don't think anyone's selling an Alien spot that they have a deposit on. The people that purchased that are not giving up that spot to be first to get the game in the United States. And I think it'll be very interesting to see what the prices of them are. When someone does go to sell them in three to six to nine months for whatever reason you know what their the the cost is at that time, uh I guess that'll really come down to how many machines are actually over in the United States and how much demand there is outside of those uh you know fifty people per purchase that ends up happening so i I don't know. I buy a new inbox pinball machine if I want one that no one else has played, I don't have to worry about it being scuffed. I don't have to worry about anything. So if this is a theme that's like a dream theme, or this is a pin where you're just like, I have to have one, and I want it to be perfect, and I want all these things, you know, the new inbox experience is definitely the way to go. But, alternatively, if you can get a little lucky, and be savvy, and wait, and all those things line up that I just mentioned, uh, you can possibly purchase a game for maybe 500 to to $1,000, uh, you know, off, or <laughs> you kind of miss out, quote unquote, and you end up having to pay a premium. With Sterns, I don't really see that being a thing, but with like boutique pins and more limited pins, um, you definitely see more of the, uh, you have the possibility to actually miss out, I guess, so... That's another good point, I guess, is Stearns. I mean, unless you want an LE, which I think LEs are kind of a waste of money, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think the premium is the way to go. You know, I think you could wait on a premium and just buy a really nice home use only one. And, you know, you're either going to pay MSRP or under, which is a win for, for you, the, the listener.
0: Oof! yeah. If tomorrow Motley Crue came out, I'm assuming my wife would be like, okay, find a way to buy this. And with the way that distributor pricing is moving forward, which is Stern is now kind of trying to wrangle the market. So distributors are forced. (laughs) That's an interesting way to put it. But like distributors are now having to prove every sale. Um, paid tax and all this other stuff you're going to be less able to get away with giving deals um, msrp will be more utilized it will be hard to get deals on new games and so you're going to see the used ones go for what um, street price used to be it sucks but that also forces me to not want to buy a new in or even barely used because those prices are what we used to pay back in the day before this a year ago. So, yeah, it would really need to be one of those love themes. I don't know if I'd really want to buy a new Stern. After the new EULA agreement, I um kind of want to, well, and they got me banned from all these other things. I would rather give my money toward a different company that didn't hate the consumer and not want to support them as much. In their EULA, which we can also have another thing on. I mean, it even says, you can't stream this game unless we give you approval. And it's like, written what approval. the fuck?
1: Yep. Yeah, it's like,
0: world. screw you. I I bought it from you. I'm going to go stream it. I don't have to ask Activision when I stream Call of Duty. Yeah, for, so. for
1: people that haven't read it yet or gotten into it, uh, Stern is now becoming the EA of pinball gaming companies.
0: Like, I even want to get rid of my Sterns. Uh, I mean, they're from a generation that didn't need that. And I'm being more facetious than anything, but... I'm having a really hard time even justifying buying a new Stern. Just the cabinet feels cheap. I would much rather buy a CGC or American <laughs> Pinball, where it's like built solid and that feels good. So I,
1: I think having played American Pinball games, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I think you'd rather buy a Stern than an American Pinball.
0: Uh, I'm not saying the current ones. I would have to, if they built the game I liked. Yeah, that's a- their build quality is good. Yeah, they just need a good th- yeah,
1: they just need to get talented designers in there. I also can go ahead and confirm, like pretty much unless Stern gets like the license for Evil Dead, um, or maybe Pantera, which I don't see ever happening. Um I'm I'm not gonna buy a new Stern, just for those same reasons. You know, the Eula's really dirty. Their $1,000 topper bullshits just completely getting out of hand at this point. And uh, the way that they've handled me as a customer. I mean, I've contacted them. They don't even reply back. They don't, you know. And Stern, if you call them, like I've, if you buy a new machine from them, everyone, all right, here's here's a negative towards Stern New inbox If you buy a brand new machine from your dealer that's a Stern representative and you have a problem and you call Stern. Stern and you can pinball charge a permit (laughs) to talk to them. But the other first three, if you call them, they're gonna help you with your problem. They're gonna be like, hey, uh, we don't want to talk to you. Like, get fucked. Go back and talk to, you know, your your the person you bought it from, your dealer distributor. They're gonna be like, Yeah, how can we make this right? What can we do to fix this? We wanna get this fixed for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, my first thing is they tell everybody, use your distributor as your tech support. I have contacted Stern directly on quote-unquote TSBs. So there's like service bulletins for post fixes like on Jurassic Park. Also a opto that broke off on Munsters on the ramp. My contact with Stern directly via email, I was able to give my serial number the issue and the exact fix. Like I on the forums found out what the fix was and I just contacted Stern and asked for it and they were able to ship that to me. But for my like Metallica playfield replacement, I had to use my distributor. That was well after the one year warranty. So I'm assuming the distributor had some pull in that, which is again, another reason why you want to lean on your distributors and support them so that they go up to bat for you but like my play field took three months to get may buck up and start warranting their stuff. Because if this is how they're going to handle giant issues, like their coil stops, their Stern's new coil stops, freaking suck balls. Was it Jurassic Park or Munsters? Maybe both have blown a coil stop within a few months of being brand new. And this is not just a my issue. This is on the forums. It's f- super common. And so, obviously, I don't even go to them for a new part. i go buy one from like Pinball Life so that it's a different kind or a different manufacturer because I don't want that same piece of junk in there. It's going to break again because a coil stop stops the game from being played on route.
1: Yes, it does. Well, Parnell, I think it's that time.
0: Yeah, we probably rambled way longer than 30 minutes. You're going to make me fucking have to edit this p- damn thing.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: In the end, I think we've concluded that it really comes down to how much you want to pay how much you're willing to lose if you love the theme. And if you're going to keep it forever, if you're not going to keep it forever, I I would just buy a barely used one. And they always come up for sale. It just depends if it's like, for instance, uh, Ryan's alien L. If, if this Le comes, he, that game is not probably going to lose money. Very specific. You kind of have to make the financial decision on your own. Uh, what works for you? Would you, you have any comments on that?
1: No, I I think that really, yeah, I mean, it sums it up. Spooky games, um, you know, can fetch a premium especially while they're still distributing them. You know, like I said, look at Rick and Morty. It's $2,500 over what they were new that people are asking for them. So um, there's definitely times where playing the waiting game and buying used can be beneficial. And then there's other times where it can bite you. But generally speaking if we're talking about stern or jersey jack unless you're talking about the collector's edition of a jersey jack game you should be just as well off as stern as far as waiting a little bit and just getting an Ellie or premium uh or pro you know or standard whatever what have you uh you know that's lightly used in someone else's home
0: yeah and i would say like american pinball i mean all their games i think we're about 6500 they're all selling barely used for cheaper than that we'll see what debrew does they have a ton of options but i would assume the same i mean raza might be a small limited run because they are ending production at the end of the year of 2020 which is done but um there we go kind of comes up to you you gotta make the decision on your own me and ryan are never buying new inbox ever again
1: what no i still so will <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well, that'll wrap up this episode, and uh, we'll come up with another topic. If you have an idea for a topic we can muddle through, email us at and mashing at com. We will flip-flip, mash-mash at you soon.